Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the Old Dad Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matthias, and today I have with me Julia Weissenberger. She is German, obviously, and she's an online marketer. Uh, she's a translator and she's a writer. She wrote a book called Yes, I Can. And we're going to talk about uh, online income, her religious studies, and other studies that she did. Uh, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Judas, Jesus Christ Superstar, which is a very interesting movie, apparently, that I need to watch. Uh, Yento, I need to watch that as well. And Fiddler on the Roof, she needs to watch. Uh, her interesting reading writing drawing helen keller um it's apparently a bollywood movie that ripped off helen keller's story very interesting i cannot watch that when i watch that it's called black her use of old stories like the odyssey in online marketing the problem with the actor christopher waltz and the director quentin tarantino which is probably the favorite director for me to hate uh so we find common ground there and this and much more on today's podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the new episode of All That Jazz. I'm your host, Matthias, and I have with me Julia Weissenberger. Did I get that right, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's going to talk about the... Um, her books, the translating that she does, her marketing stuff, and all that stuff. So uh, welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, met you like I met uh, a lot of people recently, which is a random ad on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> by me, I have to say. So um, to tell the, uh, the listeners or the watchers, what is it that you do? Yeah, okay, let's uh, start. Uh, um, I'm yeah. from Germany, so my name is a little bit hard to pronounce to some people, so it's totally fine to, to call me <laughs> Julia, whatever you want oh. to. Oh, I think it's Julia, right? Julia. Yeah. yeah. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm used to that, so it doesn't really matter. That's totally fine. I think some friends of mine in school, they started to call me Julie when we had French class, so it doesn't really matter. Très bien, très bien. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> so I'm fresh back from the south of France where I made some uh, vacation with friends of mine. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Just to get in touch. D'accord. That's so, the only thing I, I know. D'accord, très bien. That, that's about it. <laughs> I hope you also know how to say no. <laughs> no. So otherwise you just say, okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. So, okay. So, um, I'm the number one best-selling author, international best-selling author of a book called "Yes, I Can: Sixteen Success uh, Secrets from Women All Over the World." And uh, yeah, when the pandemic started, uh, I was forced, as many of you, <laughs> to go online. So um, I started with um, posting stuff and with um, getting connections to all of the people online and I am amazed and blown by what, blown away by how awesome people are on the internet and well of course you have some bad apples in there as well but of most of the time they are really really um, awesome so I'm really looking forward to connect with all of them yeah and uh, when I started out I started with uh, affiliate marketing as well as many other people on this Facebook platform, I assume. Right, right. So uh, then I figured out that it uh, did not really uh, fit with me and click with me to post all the stuff about um, online income and uh, stuff like that because I think many Germans, Europeans, and even other um, members from all over the world may uh, know that it's a little bit tough to get asked how much are you making online. So it's right okay people don't have any shame like that <laughs> so um i started to uh post a little bit different so um i started to write and um talk about stories and how to use them for your online business and that's my main business at the moment so I'm online business yeah that's I'm great we by the way you you're also going to be on youtube so you're gonna venture out of your normal comfort zone so Ooh. 
have I have a whole 33 subscribers right now on YouTube. So great audience awesome. there. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So welcome YouTube as well. I'm uh, totally tickled pink. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also you don't know in the future where this might be. So um, this I think uh, one of the remarkable things, I, I, maybe this is a sidetrack a little bit, but uh, one of the remarkable things about recording something online is that it may, uh, it may always stick around for the rest of your life. So true, so true. So don't make me say anything embarrassing. <laughs> right, or, or try not to do any, yeah. Try not to do anything <laughs> embarrassing or stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so uh, what is your uh, what is your background? I imagine you went to school, yes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, right. I went to school. I was a very happy student because I, I really liked learning. So I'm really, I love lifelong learning and I definitely stick to that as well. Right. Back so in the day, being a nerd was not popular, just to clarify. Uh, but now it's it's popular so it's good now <laughs> so true so true but but i never really cared about that anyway so when, when people I, I i didn't even realize if they made fun of me or something i i couldn't tell um i'm not exactly sure maybe i was the crazy one in my school time but i'm not really sure about that so and and i wouldn't have cared either way so i had a blast i uh, always connected with my teachers and um i loved learning uh, from very many different people. So it was only natural that I went to university as well. And I finished my Master of Arts in uh, Educational Science, Psychology and Religious Science. Did that help you in your marketing work now? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because I have a broad array of stories that I can choose from. So my my end of year, end of term um, not not training uh some kind of yeah the the test that i had to finish then for religious science for example was about egyptian uh death cult so uh, i have a vast array <laughs> of stories i can choose from to to pick one out what was your favorite um like from the religious studies that you did what was your some of your favorite uh learnings from that uh, since, since I uh, did religious studies, I was able to take a peek in uh, philosophy as well and in different other departments. So for, um, I'm not exactly sure how it's called in English, so Japanology or something like that. So, so okay. Asian studies, something like that. So you could uh, take a peek in Buddhism, Shintoism, whatever you wanted. And Egypt, uh, Egyptian beliefs in death, for example. So I had one uh, philosopher uh, teacher it's a professor and he was switching between France um, at the Sorbonne and uh, Germany and in Munich because I was going to the Ludwig Maximilian University. It's a very famous university in Munich. And um, he was really amazing. I just wanted to pick his brains a whole day long. <laughs> he, had, he had such a vast amount of, of knowledge and of stories that he wanted to share. So after a while, I took my laptop with me and I just started to type everything that he was talking about. So I'm, I'm a rather fast typer and um, I typed everything down that he was saying. And when, once he came and he said, so what, what are you typing the whole day long? And I was saying, to, you open your mouth and I start typing. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you say. It's always amazing and it's blowing me away. And I love learning from you. So he had to be careful as well what he was saying because you were <laughs> writing everything down. You were like in the courtroom, one of those people that writes everything down. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I, well, well, I let out the cuffing and <laughs> but yes, definitely. I, I recorded faithfully everything. <laughs> Wait, the, the, in the courtroom, they say coughing as well or laughing. They write that down as well. I think so. At least in the oh. movies they do. I never, I never went to a courtroom myself and I never took a peek at those, but I, I can imagine that if you're laughing while you're telling something, it changes the whole meaning of your words. So if you're saying it with an earnest face, I think the meaning could be interpreted very differently. Yes. So um, that's my belief about the Bible. There's not enough, um, you don't know in mean, what tone some things were said, although you can infer, I guess, but um, you know. Um, oh, you think some are sarcasm? <laughs> maybe, or some of it was maybe joking, or some of it was like, loud you know 
<laughs> or for, I don't yeah, know. If you're, if you're referring to the classic canon that's that's in the Bible today, um, I would say they are rather subdued a little bit. But if you go to the apocryphs and uh, to the findings of uh, Qumran, for example, that is amazing, like uh, children's stories of Jesus where he uh, um, resurrected some some um, small uh, birds or something, uh, and it, he was he seemed to be a rather a rather um, well uh, <laughs> little boy <laughs> who who wanted to make fun of some of the people around him. So. Wait, was this one of the books that that's not now included in the Bible, or yeah. is this in okay? Because I know there's um isn't there a Gospel of Thomas as well? Yes, and of Judas. Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know if I want to read the Judas one, but the, the Thomas one does seem interesting. Thomas is very interesting, but he's, he's a rather short one because it's just uh, more or less uh, sayings that he did. Uh, Judas is very interesting. Um, I love that because I'm a very big fan of Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical, the movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I'm a big fan of Judas because uh, Jesus wouldn't have been able to do all the stuff that he wanted to do. Um, if Judas were hadn't been there, whoa, so, whoa. not a lot of people say they're they're big fans of Judas. I know, I know, I know. I'm a little bit crazy, but it, it is uh, blasphemous to say that. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you know, I'm I'm totally going to hell, and I'll be so busy shaking hands. Oh my, my god! Okay, there, so. <laughs> okay let, let's let's hit the brakes a little bit. So you are, <laughs> what is your? Um, okay, since we're talking about this, and uh, maybe if you want to answer this, what is your religious conviction then? So I started out with being a Protestant because my, my uh, family or uh, let's say my mother is Protestant, yeah. Protestant as well. My father was a Catholic and um, he, both of them <laughs> wanted to go to, to be a priest, respectively a nun. So I come from a very religious household. Okay. But then my father um, dived deeper into religion and into uh, the church itself and stuff like that. So he worked there as a minister and um, something like that. So um, he was not very content with uh, the Pope and with the church works that were being done and stuff like that. So he left church. And so my brother and me, we were raised uh, Protestant from my mother. And... Um, yeah, later on, I, I dived always deeper. So one of my favorite books as a child was always my children's Bible, and I was carrying it around everywhere and reading all of the stuff because there are so many amazing stories in there. Hmm. And um, yeah, later on, then I switched to more, more kind of a more spiritualism because I had some problems with figuring out if the Bible is on the whole correct. Then I have several issues with that. So with a, with a persona of God, um, there seems to be some kind of switch of a character between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I had trouble to, to bring all that together in my brain. So I was referring with my priest and with, with all of the well-read people around me. And I was always asking them questions. And they were really then, uh, okay, you're diving really deep into all of that. And I was saying, well, I want to get it right. I, I'm meeting so many people who are old. So old in the sense of they are over 60 or they are nearing 60. And then when they um, are nearing their deathbed, then they have some kind of epiphany and they want to dive deeper into their religious um, views and stuff like that. So I thought, right. okay, there are so many people who want to... Um, who regret so many things that I wanted to do that earlier. Yes, so yes, I yes. I dive very deep into that. And did you ever try the Jewish tradition? Because in the Jewish tradition, that, that's encouraged. You ask questions and all that. I think you'd love that. Maybe you get a... Because I think there, uh, even though the, the God in the Old Testament is maybe depicted in a very negative light, I think the... I, I'm not familiar totally with the Jewish tradition, but all I know is that they encourage questioning and they have a lot of commentary on that so i yeah. find that infinitely fascinating you know i've i've seen the movie yentl also one of my favorites where um a woman disguises herself as a man to be able to study the talmud and stuff like that so oh which movie is that yentl it's called yentl, yentl with nice. barbara streisand uh 
And I love it. It's a, uh, it's a musical, so she sings nearly all of the time, I should say that, because um, I took it with me to my religious studies in, um, <laughs> at school, and they were saying, does she have to sing now again? And I was saying, it's a musical. <laughs> what, what, what are you expecting? I was telling you it's a musical. She is going to sing. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> but it was very funny. Oh, I just and, got an idea. Um, yeah. Before I forget, there could be, uh, this is maybe blasphemous, but as a Christian, I think I'm allowed to say, there should be an interpretation of uh, Jesus, the movie as a musical. I think that would be such a big hit. Can you imagine? Instead of... <laughs> <laughs> instead of the uh, you know the because uh, i my objection with a lot of christian movies even though they're really good and and uh they stay faithful to the bible they are in in some sense boring so why not do jesus the musical i don't know if that's ever been done but uh just, just check out christian. jesus christ superstar <laughs> jesus christ superstar by andrew lloyd weber and tim rice <laughs> but but it's I was raised by that, <laughs> more or but, less. But is that like the, the gospel version or is that like a, I thought it was a band that, that was like something else. Uh, no, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's more the, more the gospel version, but it takes more of a kind of a viewpoint from uh, Judas. So um, when, oh, when I was I see. raised. There, That's quite there was... popular, okay, with the Christians, okay. <laughs> I, I, I just. I, I really started uh, to to uh, sing all the stuff while, while I was, I, I didn't even understand what I was singing because it's a total uh, English musical. And um, there are several uh, films about it now from the stage musical, but uh, the, the original was the movie. And I really, really love the movie because um, Ted Neely, he played the Jesus. He, he is simply amazing. And to be honest, when uh, I think it was three, four, four years ago or so, um, I realized that he is still on stage. So he, he still has um, some, some um, versions where, where he goes um, on stage and where he sings his iconic uh, Gethsemane and um, whatever he always sings. And um, I was saying that, okay, I, I really need to see that. Before I die, I need to see him live. And I was going to Parma in uh, Italy with my parents because I was uh, I had bought myself two tickets for that, so two um, shows uh, on consecutive evenings, mm -hmm. just to make sure that I would be able to see him. And uh, he was such a nice guy because I was waiting in line after that, and I, I got to meet him and stuff. And so I told him, "Well, I got raised with a with a movie, and uh, it came out, I think, in the." end of the 70s or something 78 or something right so it's it's been there for quite some time and i still really love it because it it took a whole different perspective on the um thing so it put uh judas more into onto the forefront uh so he uh told the story more or less from his point of view and i should watch that yeah definitely i only recommend it really really <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen um fiddler on the roof not yet. I have the DVD and I need to watch it, but oh, I haven't man. around. That, that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, everybody knows uh, the, I think a lot of people know the famous, if I was a rich if man. If I were a rich man. Know, yeah, <laughs> and when I first saw a YouTube video that I was like, wow, this is a great music video. But then I realized actually it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so cool. There it's so it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, um, Growing up in in, uh, in Germany and all that, did you? Um, what were your hobbies that um, that occupied your time? Uh, it, it was always a little bit boring because it's really it's reading, it's writing, and more or less nothing else. <laughs> well, because it's really I, I sat down and um, I love comic books, so I have a whole collection of it. Um, I got raised uh, on comic books as well. So we were always a, um, a rather open family um, concerning lifelong learning and you get it from everywhere. 
so I was really big into books and comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time I was doing that. And my teachers, they came to me in uh, while we were having our breaks between the lessons. And uh, they always said, so uh, don't you want to go outside and uh, run a little bit with the other children and stuff like that? And I was going, no, I'm, I'm just in a very, very exciting passage here. So go away. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to eat and sit and... I always said I, I'm the watchdog for our door <laughs> to the classroom because I was sitting next to it on the floor and munching my breakfast or uh, my, my um, little bread and uh, reading <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> well, that's good. Oh, yes, and drawing. Drawing, yes, of course. I, I loved to draw as well. So there, there's a creative element to your analytic mind or brain, oh, let's very, say. Oh, very <laughs> I'm a very visual kind of person, so I think that really one of the one of the most horrible things that you could tell me would be uh, you will be losing your eyesight or something like that. And the first thing I would definitely be doing was learning Braille, <laughs> just <laughs> I could read. <laughs> yeah, like uh, who was that person? Helen Keller, and she was yeah. uh, she was famous for that Braille um, reading. Yeah. Um, so but I think. She's also been uh, deaf, yes. so I think that's a really, really tough thing. Um, I was watching a movie about her, and uh, then later on, uh, India had made uh, some kind of Bollywood movie movie about a similar topic. To of, her, like, uh, they ripped off the Helen's uh, killer story, and they made... And I have to say, they really, really did it awesomely. I was, I was really? crying the whole day through. Yeah, it, it was awesome. It, Do you know the title Black. of the movie? Black. Black. That's it. Just black, just black, and it's it's wow. really awesome because I was totally convinced that the main character, um, uh, being played by by a woman, yeah. um, I was totally convinced that she was blind and deaf. Totally, totally. And then then I then I looked at her and I said, No, I know that face. I know her from other movies. That can't be. There she was. There she was. <laughs> the thing, and she was so it was so good. Be. Wow. It's amazing. I, I was really blown away by by their talent. Yeah. Uh, um, given by the short title, it's probably a recent movie. Not too much recent. I think it's about on, on the 2000s, somewhere okay. around that. <clears throat> it's it's kind of almost old now, and I guess 20 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> we always have to think differently now for that, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so I think uh, reading and uh, writing a lot has helped you now in your uh, career as a marketer because you were reading a lot of stories and uh, like you said, marketing, a lot of marketing is telling stories either now on camera or writing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so um, I noticed that the <laughs> some of your work was actually uh, a lot of uh, translations of uh well, I thought it was erotica, but it's not. It's, it, can you explain to the audience? It's also, it's also, it's also included because okay. I, um, so I have, I have several streams of income at the moment that I'm also working on. So one of the things that I've been doing for quite some time now is I'm translating novels from English to German because you usually always translate in your um, native tongue. And because you can, you can really tweak the, the small things and you get all the idioms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and the other thing I do is uh, proofreading comic books. So I'm at the moment, I have been approached by a very big German publisher again to uh, proofread for them. So I'm very excited to start with that for them as well. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. You have, uh, because uh, you were so much into books, I think, uh, and, and kept at it. It's not like just you were reading. You were also, it uh, seems like you were working in marketing and all the other like translating books. Um, last time we spoke, um, like you were in another room and there was a whole shelf <laughs> that you had of books that you just, you translated or helped to translate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still keep them in a separate shelf just to keep, to, to remind me and to be able to take a look at what, what I have uh, already accomplished because it's, sometimes you tend to forget how long you're doing some things. Yeah. Uh, it's it's exciting then to see your stuff printed and uh, sitting next to each other on the shelf. 
Definitely. That's uh, something that's lost in the digital age. Like a lot of people just write on computers, but sometimes it's nice to print it out and see how yeah. far you've, you've come. Yeah, definitely. Is that something and you do? I, I still um, prefer the printed version, for example, also for the comic books. Um, I have a very huge selection of that and, and I simply love to go uh, to the shelf and pick some, uh, some of them up. And you, you can't really enjoy the, the back covers next to each other in a digital world. So how would you do that? There should have been some kind of virtual room where you can go to. And um, as soon as that is possible, maybe I'll be switching my <laughs> library into my virtual reality room. But uh, as long as it's not, uh, I'm rather content that I have a house that I can fill to the brim with books. It's just, uh, I just have to... <laughs> check with the static so that i'm not sometimes in my cellar down there <laughs> static why static oh well it depends on how much you have sending on there so lucky for me it's all uh, one floor uh but the house i was formerly in it had two floors so i had to be conscious about how it was built so if you have a very bad static above that and you you put very many books for example they are really heavy <laughs> on the first floor and you have to check with the static if it's enough. And we were always joking that I have so many books that I need to see if the static will hold all, all of that. Stat okay, I'm, I'm not understanding static and meaning the, the integrity oh, of the building, the, the structure. Yeah, that's, that's the word. That's the word. Okay, okay. It's static. I have no idea what to say in English. Right. I think static yeah, is something yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I never even would think of that, you know. Um, but I guess this is the German engineer. You think about every little detail. Like, it, you don't want the house to fall apart because of the books. <laughs> I just love my books. I don't want them to have it somewhere in the cellar. So yeah. And I think, I think my mother was the first to mention something like that. So she said, so, uh, are you sure that your, uh, your insurance will cover all of the costs that you have if, if something should happen? So like you get water in or... Because of books, <laughs> because of, I, I wouldn't think, I never heard an insurance company raising price, price, prices because somebody has so many books. That is just no, no, outrageous. No. Outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's really, if you think about it, I have some, uh, I have so many books in here that, um, yeah, I definitely had to raise my insurance because I have so many things. In really? Yeah. Because they come in there and see how much stuff you got and they're like, yeah, this is too much, too much kilograms, too much weight. <laughs> no, no, not like that. But there are some books in here that are really a little bit more expensive than the rest. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's, you that's insure the them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, switching back to uh, marketing, I, I think um, the thing I really don't like about uh, some of this is um, that people come up with fake stories or they're because um, I think people on some level they can recognize somebody's fake when they're um, I made so much money. So I think I'm pretty sure people would lie about how much money they're making to how li great their life is because uh, uh, I see a lot of like, uh, oh, I started making money online and did this and that. So um, how much do you think is prevalent that um, the exaggeration and all of that phoniness that happens in online marketing? Uh, when you're starting out, um, I think it's really tough to find some unique perspective on all of that. So when, when you started as an affiliate, I think the problem is most of the time people just uh, want to join to make a quick buck. And uh, especially in these times now, uh, they don't know exactly how or what they can do to be unique and to stand out, out from the crowd that they are surrounded by. So my, my offer is usually something that I, that I help to, uh, them to see the uniqueness of universal stories that they can use or epic tales like in the Bible or in uh, historical sagas like Odyssey and stuff like that. So 
I think as long as you do not have uh, the ability to use those stories, for example, you usually stick to the usual stuff you see um, other affiliates doing as well. So there are those uh, posts about what you can do to make your profile more accessible, um, motivational posts that are more to boost false engagement with people. Because, well, if I... If, if I wrote carpe diem or something, uh, people would say, well, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, that's my motto. And I always tell it to me in an affirmation when I stand in front of my mirror. So you have much engagement going on, but people don't necessarily buy them from you because it's just, it's so generic. You, you haven't given the stuff a unique perspective because everything that you put on your profile or that you're putting out, it has to to connect to your person because people don't buy stuff simply because they can buy it. Mm -hmm. when, when you're an affiliate, you have uh, around 20, uh, 30, 40, 400. I'm not exactly sure how many people are in the affiliate market for that certain product. And, but you have um, a big um, competition. So how do you stand out from those other people? Uh, you have to make um, people realize that you are unique and that people want to connect with you because they feel you, they really like you, they trust you, they know you. So if you tell them, hey, this product is very good and I totally recommend it, then that they know, okay, that's, I, I can trust your word. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that you can do that by making false money claims and false income claims. Right. So you have to be, you have to come from a place of honesty and, uh, and also put, uh, put effort into your, uh, your stories and all, like you said, the Odyssey basically, is that meaning that uh, they come from, um, the story is, well, I had nothing. And then I did this, 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 and then I came out on the other side and started making money. Is that it basically? That's another kind of story. And uh, there are some people who use that. Uh, my stories are different <laughs> because I, I really use uh, the, the classic story uh, from, for example, the Odyssey. So um, what did I do the last time? Uh, I put out um, like, like a journey post. So you can uh, tell people um, Odysseus, he was uh, going on a journey and he wanted simply to return home but he had all those uh, dangers and those things he had to um, overcome before he was able to come home. But then he was not able to rest there as well because his wife had so many suitors and they were just not letting her rest. So he had to think of something quickly, how to get rid of them. And then you can um, combine that with um, what you have to offer and you can tell them okay i know that you have been through so many other stuff as well you have made so many shiny objects that were distracting you from your journey to your goal to get money or to make money or to be successful online and i have a great offer for you and i can give you this or that um product for example or i can give you these steps that you, you can take and you will be successful for example so it's more a connection of the known tale finding something in there that connects to your offer mm -hmm. and then you can connect the two so i have never seen someone doing that before so it's totally unique on the facebook uh, market or on the internet market and content marketing as well um, so at the moment, uh, I'm searching for people who are excited to go with me on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> so you, is it like you, you use the, the, the actual text of the book, but then, or the story of the book, but then you're like, oh, in this situation, instead of what the book is like, the like the suitors for the wife, let's say his wife, um, you put in, uh, what you would offer instead or something that's very fascinating i never heard of that before yeah as i said it's it's really unique and um i don't necessarily use it word for word so i'm transcribing it because it's most of the time the original texts are rather heavy and uh if you, if you would read the original homer for example it, it's really some a little a little bit boring um so i right. pep it up a little bit and make it more accessible because at the moment, um, 
the average human has an attention span of seven seconds. So you have to grab them up front. You have to have a good hook. Then you have your story and then you have your offer, your call to action for that. And I'm connecting that on a very unique level. And uh, so that's really making people stand out from the crowd at the moment. And when you say a little boring, you probably mean a lot boring for most people. That would be like, uh, you you put them to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I have to admit I had to read because I had Latin at school. So we were, of course, reading De Bello Gallico from Caesar. So he was writing about the um, war that he had in, um, what's it in English called? Galleon. Uh, well, you know, about asterisks and stuff like that, yeah. And um, we were starting to read that and some of the, of the passages were really good and really exciting and you wanted to know more. And then he went on to, to write about, <laughs> about the legions and about the march that they had going. And, and I was going, oh, it's so boring. <laughs> and of course, that the way to write has been changing over the years. Yes. The people need to be grabbed very early on now, especially if they're scrolling down their timeline. And on the other hand, in former days, people had much more, I'm not sure if I can call it patience. They were, they were more excited to learn about other um, countries, for example. So when I remember, my, my mother told me she was reading Karl May, Winnetou, and uh, she loved his descriptions of the countries that uh, Vinitu or, or whoever was the hero in that moment was visiting. And uh, she was saying other people who are reading it now, they don't, do not necessarily have the patience for that. So they... Right. But, but the thing is nowadays we're dealing with so much information from like commercials on TV, commercials on Facebook, on YouTube, radio. And then there's a lot of... Um, I think most people nowadays maybe don't read books, but there's so much uh, content that we go through, either video or otherwise, that's that's amazing. That's why uh, people uh, discard things really quickly if they get boring, because you have so many alternatives where before, uh, even 20 years ago, you didn't have that. You didn't have so many alternatives. So true. Um, That's the reason why people have uh, trouble picking one uh, job and sticking to it as well. Really? Or, so? or choosing one relationship and sticking to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, uh, there. I've met people polyamorous and having. Uh, yeah, this. I don't know. That's this. okay. That's okay. As long as everybody's fine with that, it's totally oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. But the the trouble with that is most of the time. So uh, okay, I'm sticking to that person. But if something better comes along, then I'm switching, <laughs> and I can. Sometimes I think it's, that's the way the thing works now. And with jobs, it's, it's similar. Formerly, well, you had your parents <laughs> and you said, okay, I need to be a smith now, a blacksmith, because my father was a blacksmith and his grandfather and his father's father, <laughs> whatever. So you had your parents to blame. <laughs> so they, you are a blacksmith. I need to be a blacksmith now. Nowadays, right. you have so many options that you usually have trouble to pick one and to stick to, to it for a certain amount of time just to get the hang of it and just to get some kind of practical experience. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote by Eric Hoffer to, to paraphrase. He's not German, even though his last name is German, American philosopher. And he said that, uh, that uh, limited opportunities are as much frustrating as too many opportunities. Yeah. And that is perfectly exemplified in today's society, especially when you think of children of, of uh, rich people or something like that, because they have so many opportunities. Yeah. But their parents probably didn't have. It. Their parents oftentimes started with a lot smaller uh, selection of options that they had in life. So they had to really stick to something. Yeah. And the problem with that is we humans tend then, and now we go into psychology as well, if you have too many options, then we go like, I don't want to choose at all because I could choose wrong. And what if I chose and that's the wrong decision and the other one was the right one? So right. I, 
I have that right now with um, I, I applied to university I'm in. It's the first week, but I'm doubting. Should is economics slash theater stu- studies the right thing? And uh, I wasn't pleased with some of the because uh, a lot of things nowadays is is imbued with political stuff, and I don't like that. And so I was like, man, this is. Uh, uh, but they told me I only have two weeks to to switch to something. Mm-hmm. And, Yes. That's good then because they force you to make a decision. (laughs) Definitely. Although you can change some things after the first year, you can change directions a little bit as well. Anyway, (laughs) doesn't matter for this conversation. Um, I noticed, uh, okay, um, I was going to say in the beginning, but I'm saving to now. So I noticed that your book is basically, the book you showed me is basically just for women. So is there a specific reason why this, the book is geared for only women? Like, is it, is it because it's, um, it's, uh, like, I don't know, makeup products that you specialize in or is it something like that? No, it's, um, the reason for that was, uh, that, um, (laughs) it's all women who were contributing their story. So we decided to target especially women, but the stories uh, themselves are really universal. So my story is also about uh, storytelling and about overcoming um, trouble, uh, overcoming uh, some challenges in your life. Because uh, when when I started out in my first job, I had uh, several problems. um, And then I I was talking about that. And some of the other women, they were also talking about challenges that, that they have overcome and um, how you can f- use their, um, their learnings and their wisdom uh, in your own life. So it was more uh, kind of a market decision because usually you have to choose for a specific market and to bring it out for a specific market. And since we were 16 women, it's um, really been more targeted to uh, women themselves. But I know that several uh, men also have bought it and have enjoyed it very much. So it's not necessarily right. so Well, forward. you know, it, I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit. In today's political climate, um, you know, the, somebody could come along and say, you're, you're excluding the, the trans people and all that. It's... What's one? No, I, I said, um, you know, they could say transphobic, but no, I'm just joking. M- meaning, ah, what is my point? My point is uh, sometimes in marketing, um, I think maybe your opponents will try to um, try to attack you on a, on the politics side. Is that something that's happening in, in marketing like or in business? Um, I'm not necessarily sure. I have never encountered it myself, but maybe the reason for that is that I have been very active on the uh, LGBTQ market as well. So I have many people um, that I am friends with. I'm uh, proofreading some books of uh, dear friends of mine who are very much targeting a very open market. So they um, they are called uh, Brackhaus. Um, so uh, they have their books also um, up on Amazon and I've been proofreading their stuff and I really love them uh, because it's they have um, invented a world where there is no not necessarily some kind of uh, thinking of you have male you have female and only those two are allowed to marry because it's uh, in, in their world it's it's totally open so it's a little bit, I, I'm not exactly sure if you know the video game, The Elder Scrolls Online. No, I, I faintly, uh, I think I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Because um, I've been playing that and, and I realized that how, how hard it is to, to open the, the different departments in your, in your brain. Because when you're playing Elder Scrolls Online, it's really, you go into that world and you have... Um, for example, a female asking you for help because her spouse is missing. And when you, when you find them, you realize, oh, it's a woman. So she, she is married with a woman. And uh, you have uh, two people, that, uh, two males who are married as well. So it's, it's totally accepted in that sur- um, surrounding. And it's, si- since I have been in that area for quite some time now, 
um, and have many connections to gay romance authors, for example, that are writing um, romance about homosexuals that are targeted for women. So women are reading that those novels. Oh, they um, are. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's it's a small market, but it's a, it's a very targeted market as well, and it's a very good market. You, so you, if you're if you're going there, then it's it's very fascinating. So I've been on several conventions um, for these uh, themes as well. And I really love to connect with all the people because I think they are, some of them are really open and, and are um, totally fine to talk with everything about, about their lives, about um, how they are viewed. And I love connecting and I love to, to open my, my worldview because of that. And since I'm a big fan of comic books, it's been now very interesting for me to watch that there has been an opening market for, for example, I have a, I have a series about a transgender, about a non-binary character, about uh, gay romances, about um, lesbians, about it's totally open. It's about a romance with a guy sitting in a wheelchair and they are focusing on some of the trouble that he has. Um, just getting along with other people because he has a different kind of view. So he's he's constantly lower than all of the rest. So he's constantly looking them at the navel. Mm -hmm. So it's it it broadens your view, and I really love that because you you never usually have the chance when you just go about your business to uh, broaden your perspective that way. So your, your book, is it mostly um, uh, aimed at people that are in online business, right? No, no. Um, no? So the, you mean the yes, I can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's really um, people who are entrepreneurs in all areas of life. Um, even we have several women who are, um, who are moms as well. So they have written something about uh, being a parent and how to integrate all of that as well. So it's um, a total broad array of uh, lives, of challenges, of wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's really good. Um, and I, I really love the title, Yes, yes You Can. Um, yeah, yeah that's, exactly. uh, that's really good. I, um, I have to admit that I've never, even though you said you translated a lot of those uh, romance novels, I once yeah. tried to... I remember one time uh, intentionally I, I borrowed a book about that was kind of like, you know, one of those um, just the uh, normal, like basic short romantic mm -hmm. novels or whatever, but I never read it. And I, I think I get why mostly it's, it's targeted for women because mostly women read that. Well, um, I would have to disagree because uh, my father is now an extensive reader of romance novels himself. Okay, all right. And he really, really <laughs> loves them. And to be honest, I think men should be reading much more of that because it really tells you how to win a woman's heart. And um, he, How to he, manipulate he, then. <laughs> no, no, I'm really. kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like Hitch. It's like Hitch. If you really love her, then I will help you get her. But if you don't, in the end, you will uh, be in the ass of the bull in front of Wall Street. <laughs> right. Like, I okay. I haven't, I haven't seen that movie, but I know it's Will Smith movie, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's all really right. it's an awesome movie. I love it. When I'm when I'm finished, I'm starting over again all of the time because. Okay. I love it. Uh, let me let me rephrase. So basically, uh, you're saying that uh, reading romance novels is going to enhance your emotional intelligence. Yeah, that's that's a good description for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it, I have to admit, um, at the moment, it's a, it's a little bit tougher to figure out uh, good romance novels because we have so many people going on the market, and we have so many self-publishers, for example. So if uh, classic publishers uh, said no, I don't want to publish your book because I don't see any market for it, for example then uh, people are going into the self-publishing industry and they are bringing it out themselves. So sometimes you have, uh, let's say, a little bit of a lower quality in the self-publishing area. Now, since it has been uh, on the market for quite some time now, you have on the one hand self-publishers who take it very um, earnestly. So for example, my, my friends, uh, the Brockhaus, they are really focused on delivering quality 
and um, I know that uh, their uh, books are going through several beta readings uh, and they get feedback from them and they integrate it all and they have a really vast um, universe that they have invented. Um, on the other hand, there are of course the in German, you 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 say it's uh, ein Handlektüre, so it's a it's a one hand lecture. You can keep reading here and doing other things with the other hand, um, and so it it's totally okay. So if people just want to get off on the reading, that it's it's totally fine. Um, but that makes for a very vast array. So when, when my dad, for example, started out, uh, he was convinced uh, because I started reading, um, it, it was, a, I think from the 80s or something, that it was a, um, were more books. And after I read them, I had, um, <laughs> I was able to really tell him all of the English kings in the right order because they were featured in, in the novel. So that was the, the final straw where he was saying, so, oh, it's not just fluff and uh, pink and uh, marriage and children, but you really are learning something from it. Because especially if you're going into the historic romantic uh, direction, then people usually have to take their research very earnestly. So because they are facing uh, a really well-read audience. Okay, I can see how that can help because you are actually um the, the story in the book is based on actual facts so you're actually learning history as your yeah that, that's good that reminds me of like um uh, those movies or mini series that are based on actual historical events and those are i think are are highly um good for because they, they're combining entertainment and um uh, and information slash learning so those two uh those combination of those two i think is the best and that's i think that's where uh things are going frankly like with education i think because a lot of uh, lectures and stuff like that they're presented in a boring way but if you can learn the same things and do it in an entertaining way that professor is always going to be like as long as he's not skipping any steps you know and you're actually learning all that you need to learn that's i think that's the way to go definitely Definitely. When, when I remember my university studies, it was really, I had one American teacher and he was uh, a professor and he was coming and he was uh, talking with us uh, through different movies. It was, um, I think it was called something like the myth um, in uh, different uh, versions. So he was focusing on how a myth can um, develop how you can really um, participate in developing it also. And it was really exciting. And he was, he was also looking at all of the movies in a totally different light. So I really enjoy uh, now videos, for example, on YouTube by Lindsay Ellis, where she goes into detail on different um, Disney movies, for example, or she analyzes uh, The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, or even Game of Thrones, which I'm not a very big fan of. But it's, um, it's totally amazing for me to see all of the stuff and to see it with a different uh, view. So just, just to broaden your... Um, your way of living yourself because as long as you have the ability to read something and to integrate it then you have a you have a second option so you're reading about one woman um she she's standing up uh, to her man because she he's pulling her down or something like that so if mm. you um have read something like that then suddenly you have a whole other option um of if you are ever in a situation like that to totally be another person because right. you know okay there are several other people and it's been proven that our brain does um fire in the direction so if you're reading something about um, a hammer being used to hit in a nail or something then the areas in your brain that you would use for hammering in a nail yourself are also fired up so it's totally yeah. fascinating. all right so that's why i'm not um this is going to be a bit blasphemous to say, but in popular culture, that's why I don't like, uh, I don't like a lot of uh, Tarantino movies or most of them because uh, I think it's a glorified violence. And um, I know years ago he had a contentious interview where people questioned him about violence, but um, you know, this, 
the man is good at what he does and he's not going to change because some interviewer is going to say something. But still, I, uh, I can have my opinion on it and my opinion on it is I don't know if it's good for the entire culture because I think art does influence culture in some way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, funny. I think you are one of the few people that I, um, I've met and I, I don't like the movies as well. I think there is only one movie that I've seen twice by him and it was in Glorious Bastards, just to remind myself. But I'm, I'm also not a big fan of Christoph Waltz. I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, okay. I think he's a little bit overrated. And because I was watching uh, the Tarzan movie that he was uh, making after the Inglorious Bastards version. So um, I was watching it because I'm a big fan of Edgar Rice Burroughs and he, he did an amazing job with his books about Tarzan. So if you ever have the chance to read it, I would highly recommend it because it's really, it's an adventure. It's totally awesome. Um, and I was watching the movie and there he plays the villain, of course. And I was just watching it and I was thinking, okay, it's nearly the same character than in Inglourious Bastards. And I think he's now so focused on being that. Though I have to admit, I still need to watch Battle Angel Alita because uh, that's been made from a manga. Um, so I'm very curious how he has incorporated that person because I know the manga and it's been one of the first that came out formerly in, in Germany when, when we started out, I think in the 90s or so with a manga. And um, I haven't seen it yet. I, I need to watch it. So may, maybe he did a better job with that, but I'm not personally too keen on psychopaths. So <laughs> it's right, not right, right. necessarily my cup but of tea. That's the thing. In, in modern culture, they, they uh, glorified the psychopath and the victim. Uh, no, or the, even the criminal, uh, like making the audience sympathetic to the criminal. Like I had a guest uh, who's, uh, you know, dealt with many criminals because he worked in a prison, uh, mm -hmm. um, Theodore Dalrymple. And uh, it just fascinating because he told, he, he told me that there's stories where, you know, somebody's in prison, but you don't know what they did. But the story is trying to make you sympathetic to the character. Like, but the character, for all you know, he could have been like, he could have butchered kids and eaten them for breakfast or so. So you don't know what the man did, but the story is making you sympathetic to the character. So it's, I don't know, it's a bit disturbing to me, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange. Um, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. So and, um, I, I'm definitely no fan of Quentin Tarantino um, because I... Uh, I don't like it if the blood is somewhere. <laughs> no, no, I don't have. It. Funny enough, I I still enjoy uh, zombie mangas, but I think it's a little bit different. So if you're if you're reading about it and you see it on the page, uh, instead of moving and and really with colors and stuff like that, because it it activates um, a different area in your brain. So I'm very. <laughs> to, to, to admit it, I, I'm, a, um, I'm always curious about horror movies. So I really want to know the plot. And if I can get somebody to go in there and then come back and tell me about it. I love it. I love it. I always want to know the story. But you don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a scary cat that I, I would never go into a horror movie in the cinema or something because I, I would just scream whole, the whole day or something. It's, it's not... It's not necessarily in my persona. I am. Um, I'm not a character to go into a horror movie and watch it. Right, Still, right. No, I'm not a fan either. But I think uh, I, I know what's been happening is that they desensitize, desensitize the audience because yeah. I saw some videos on YouTube in the early '70s, and there was some. I think it was The Exorcist or some kind of other movie where it was really kind of. It wasn't even that scary for now, I guess. But but back then it was like you know big deal uh and people were like fainting and all that but now people are so desensitized because they've seen so much of that that they're like even laughing at it um so you need to go bigger and better and uh really more gruesome and i don't know where the end of that is so i'm not excited exactly yeah sure. that's um that's the destruction of western culture right there i think <laughs> <laughs> I think there's always some kind of, of um, well, um, adverse um, thing going on. So if you have some people who are really going into the extreme with that, 
I think there are also many people who are working uh, on the other end of the scale. So it's, hopefully, hopefully that's the as case. Long, as long as we are living in a duality, we won't be changing that. And uh, to be honest, to some extent, I'm also glad that we are in a duality what we, because we would not realize what we are if we were just living in the sun and everything would be perfect and we are living in a paradise. Um, if you follow the Bible, then you would say, okay, we had that and we were not content with it. <laughs> so we got thrown out. Um, I think I'm, and that's, that's my spiritualism now speaking. Um, if you go with the law of attraction and if you go, okay, everything is fine in the end. Um, and I think religion sees it a little bit um, similar to that because they believe in some kind of paradise where you can go to after your death. I think all is well. And, uh, or, that's hell. Been... or hell. <laughs> or that, or that. So maybe have a big party, have a big party. And uh, go because, because there are several versions of... Um, of the first sin. Uh, so Eve was not necessarily the first woman in uh, paradise. Uh, Lilith was, if you're uh, following the Jewish tradition. So it's very exciting. To... Once more? I didn't know that, that there was. Um... Yeah. yeah, there are different interpretations for, for all of that. So Lilith has been uh, the first uh, woman and she was made also from uh, dust like Adam. And uh, since she was uh, too opinionated, that's one of the interpretations, she was thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And uh, oh, she wow. became then the mother of all demons, if you're following the Jewish uh, tradition. And maybe some, um, some of your audience may uh, know Supernatural, the series. There they incorporated it a little bit uh, with Lilith and with being thrown out and being the mother of all demons. So it's very exciting with that. And, and oh, I've seen one or two episodes back in the day when it came out, but then I, I stopped yeah. watching. I was more of a Smallville <laughs> fan. So I, I kept watching that, you know, Carry Superman. On my wayward son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Carry on my wayward son. <laughs> I think, I, I think I watched until, uh, season six, six or seven or something um, and then um, I lost it uh, yeah there are so many things you can watch nowadays that it's really hard yeah. to find time for everything that you want to see um, okay I want to because we're kind of approaching the end uh, what um, if you had uh, to give uh, advice to yourself before you started the marketing and all that what, what advice would you give to yourself I would definitely say trust yourself and uh, trust that people want what you have to offer because um, otherwise I would not change a thing. And I think that's the most, uh, I think that's the best way to live your life, to not regret a thing that you have done and to see that everything that you have done up to now, that it led you to now. And just to be happy with what you have, focusing on that, um, being ready for more so that's that's one of my mothers just to be, be content and mm. yeah be yourself be content in the moment but be ready for more what what is the by the way what's the spiritualism influence that um because i think you're, you're channeling some of that now as well <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, um i start funny enough i started out because since, since i came from christianity uh, I was starting with Conversations with God from Neil Donald Walsh. And okay. there, there I find some kind of God um, character that I could relate to. And, and I was really glad I stumbled over that. And then later on, I uh, found uh, The Secret. But I saw the original Secret movie. So before it came out on DVD, and there were, were some changes in there. And right. they, took, they took out um, a certain uh, woman, um, Esther Hicks. And she was the woman I was really um, most um, connecting to because she's channeling um, an, um, yeah, an entity, let's call it an entity called Abraham. And um, I really loved her words. So I was searching for her then and um, I'm rather content with how they explain how the world revolves, how it goes, how you can just be happy because life's supposed to be fun and and i really love that concept because it made made something in me resonate with it right uh, find your joy and uh what was uh 
I think I saw a video once of Abraham and she was quoting, um, what is it? Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss or something. Was yeah. That yeah. That's that the one. Yeah. 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 I like that. I think that was, I saw that version of the secret as well. And then later I think they changed it, but I saw. Yeah. I think it's, it's been downplayed a little bit now because it's so, the secret is so focused on uh, money relationships and health. So the big three and uh, Abraham is, is a broader perspective. So you go into more of the nitty gritty into um, how can I, how can I make my, the whole of my life better? And not necessarily just certain aspects of it. But um, there is um, a saying, and I have to look it up because I'm not exactly sure how it uh, sounds in English, but it's uh, some kind of, I think it was Mark Twain who was uh, saying that uh, the American people can, can take something, break it down, uh, make it smaller and a little, and then they put on uh, some kind of bow, and then it's perfectly presentable, and you can awesomely learn it. And that's something that they did with The Secret, I think, very good, um, which one can see because they now have the motion picture out there um, based on the book as well. I think I, it's time for that, yeah, but... Uh, right, I thought, just I, I thought the woman was Australian that did that. I think she is. I think she okay. is Rhonda Byrne. Rhonda Byrne is Australian, I think, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I, I have you ever seen uh, What the Bleep? Do we know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Did you see uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, the second one then? Uh, I don't think I saw, I don't think I saw all of it. I saw some clips on YouTube, I think. Because yeah. uh, down, down the Rabbit Hole, that was the second one then, after the bleep. And they were um, explaining the, the wavelength um, experiment that they right. mentioned in the first one. And personally, I found the second one uh, much more enticing and much more interesting for um, everyday purposes. By the way, for the audience, um, I'll plug my own show, actually. On episode 12, I had an uh, assistant of, uh, I guess an assistant, uh, somebody that worked with William Tiller, who was in What to Believe Do We Know? And she oh. wrote a book about it, Bridging Science and Spirit. And I think actually you might find that book interesting because it's, yeah. it's a very good book. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> and um, yes, uh, for anybody in the audience that wants to check Yulia's book, um, can you show the book again? I'll put it in the, actually, I'll put it in the links on YouTube. There we go. Yeah. Yes, I I'll be, can. I'll be sending over the links and you can access it then. Right. There we go. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Julia Weissenberger. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in my German accent. Yes. <laughs> the benefits of watching German as a kid. Uh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the audience of uh, listening or watching. Thank you very much Thanks. for being on the show. Thanks.